You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 169 with Christina Lynn. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Christina on the show today. If you listen to the show, you know that I like to have guests come on that talk about finances. And I know that that subject can be a little bit boring to some, and some people may not even tune in and not even hear me say this. So um, if you know people who are sticking their head in the sand, you go grab them and share this episode with them and tell them to listen. Um, The reason why I think it's so important is because as moms, we get so busy with motherhood and daily life that we're not really paying attention to finances, unless that's our strong point. Like that's the thing that we really love to do and we're on top of. But a lot of us, you know, we're just kind of like getting through life and then we look up and realize we might not be where we want to be financially. And so I like having different women on to talk to us about finances so that you guys can just get different ideas of what works for you, what style you like, and just hearing different perspectives. So um, Christina's going to just be talking to us about, you know, how do we start a financial plan and how can we take care of ourselves financially? Um, why she thinks it's good to have um, an account in our own name and and what kind of accounts she's referencing to and also why it changes, you know, finance finances after having kids, you know, because it does look different and as well as estate planning and what that looks like and why we need it. So I hope this episode inspires you to take a look at your finances. And again, if you know someone who does not want to take a look at their finances and they really struggle with this, share this episode with them because I feel like they might not feel as overwhelmed after hearing this show. And so um, again, I hope you find some encouragement in it and that you just take one step forward into you know making your future brighter in your finances. Let's go to the show. Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Amber. I'm happy to be here. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. I'm a travel agent, so I just really like asking everyone what their favorite vacation spot is and why. And this can be with or without kids. Okay, got it. So hands down, it's going to be Machu Picchu. My goal is Mm. to bring my kids there in a couple years. Okay, so I've never been there. So how about you um, explain where it's at and why you want to bring your kids there? Um, so it's outside of Cusco, Peru. Um, and I just had the most fantastic time there. I hiked, I, I did a five day hike with my sister. So you, you hike along this like ancient Incan trail. And mm. then finally on the last day you get over, you, you approach this like special sundial and it's mm. so magical. Like the sun is rising over wow. the the ruins and then you finish the hike and end up at Machu Picchu. And it's just, it's such a cool bonding experience for whoever you're going with. Mm. And oh, it's just magical. That's really cool. How, um, how far is it from, um, well, where do you, where do you fly into um, to get there? And then how far is it? Um, from the airport to get to where uh, Machu Picchu is. Okay. So you're going to probably go to Lima and then you take another flight to Cusco. You're going to want, cause it's, pr- it's a far distance from Lima. Um, and then you can, if you want to go directly to Machu Picchu, you can take a train. It's pretty oh, convenient. Um, but that's not what I was talking about. I, I am a fan of the actual hike sure. to get there. Yeah, right. And so you do the hike, you leave, you like, you know, contract with a travel agency right. or whoever yep. is yep. doing it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
outside of Cusco. Yes. Um, so it's pretty convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are things that even our agency um, can do. So I know what you're saying, like setting up the excursion of doing the hike and stuff like that. I haven't personally um, done it or sent anyone, but um, yeah, that is really cool if you really like all the outdoor stuff, but that's good to know that there's a train if you just kind of wanted to go there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the train's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. All right. Well, how about you share a little bit more about yourself, your name, where you're from and how many kids you have. And then we're going to jump into how you got to where you are today. Sure. So my name is Christina Lynn. I am a certified financial planner and an accredited financial counselor. I live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I do work with people around the country, though. Um, I have two children. They're 10 and 11. So what made you decide to become a financial planner? So how about you walk us through um, that, um, since we're going to be talking about that today, how you got to where you are today and and how that's, and how you started your journey with that? Oh, that's such a good segue into our conversation because um, I, I really got into it because I... I was married and I really didn't know anything about our family finances. And I I unfortunately went through a tough divorce, Mm. um, which kind of forced me to open my eyes and learn about my finances. And I ended up really enjoying it and loving it. And so I took it and ran with it. Mm. I got my licenses. I got a master's in financial planning. Now I'm getting my PhD in financial planning. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So that's really how I got into it. It was like, I didn't know anything about our family finances. Mm. And so when I had to learn, um, it just sort of opened this whole new world to me. Yeah. So did your husband just take your um, ex-husband? Did he just take care of all that? Is that what you mean? Like you didn't know what was going on? Yeah, I I felt like I was kind of operating on a on a, an allowance almost. Like mm-hmm. I we I knew we had enough money to like pay for our groceries and to maintain like our quality of life, but yeah. I didn't understand what our like what our financial plan looked like. Like mm-hmm. what was our our financial future going to be like? Were we planning for it? Mm-hmm. You know, what was an investment account? <laughs> like, oh, do gotcha. you, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I mean, cause there could be, hopefully there's not, but there could be women that are in the same, you know, boat as you and they could be, um, approaching a divorce or whatever. And, and I hope that this, you know, inspires them and gives them encouragement that, um, you know, that you were able to kind of pull yourself together and and figure stuff out, because I'm sure that could feel very lonely. Um, But, you know, the reason we wanted you to come on today is more just to kind of talk about um, just being moms, right? And 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 knowing our finances and and Mm -hmm. life just being a little bit crazy. And, um, you know, I really like to talk about finances on the show, having different people on, um, because it is so easy to get caught up in the daily life of motherhood. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like you look up and you realize you might not be where you had hoped fi- hoped to be financially. And especially after the holidays, when this uh, episode airs, because, you know, if you don't really know where you're going, it's so easy to overspend, right? Because you don't have that goal in mind and stuff like that. Um, so Christina, how about you tell us what your thoughts are on finances um, changing for women after having kids? Because I think people could be like, well, what really is the difference, you know, before having kids and after having kids and people could kind of just, you know, kind of scoff at that and be like, it doesn't really change. But I'm curious what your thoughts are, especially as being a financial planner. Well, yeah. And I'll, I'll share some from my experience and some from what I see kind of go on in, um, 
like with my clients and also just in the research that I do is that like you're as a woman, your focus changes so much when you have kids. It really goes from, you know, I don't want to say that we're um, like selfish or really self-centered when we're single or don't have kids, but it everything changes to center around, revolve around the kids. It requires like a really selfless season Mm -hmm. of life while you're raising your kids. So, you know, what we used to spend our fun money on, like I remember I used to buy swimsuits that weren't even really supposed to get wet. That's hilarious. (laughs) I know. And now like everything, all our extra money is going towards things that really you have to spend money on like school lunches, mm-hmm. um, you know, clothing your kids, right. getting them all the different footwear they need. It's oh, just yeah. ridiculous. Um, and those just take priority over ourselves. And so I think it's not only like the mom guilt that we have, t- that we want to give our kids the best, but also like you said, we just get caught up in such a busy season of life that you blink and then you, you kind of forget how far you've come and you didn't really have a plan for it. And so um, I think that it's easy for us to to push our own needs aside and focus on our kids and making sure we're getting like the basics met that we f- forget to f- focus on or like even consider ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So before I go into the next question, um, what, what are some thoughts that you have about that? So like, you know, we're talking about, yes, that happens, but like what suggestions have you found work really well with your clients in regards to changing that shift a little bit? You know, you can't go back to how you used to be, like you Mm -mm. said, where it's completely self-centered and it's all about you and stuff like that. Or even if you're double income, no kids, that's still very different than having kids. Um, Mm -hmm. what, what is some tips that you would give us to kind of start changing it slightly, you know, you might not be able to change like in big changes, but what are some things that you kind of help moms, you know, do a little bit to kind of like start turning it a little bit so they don't completely forget about themselves? Yeah, that's a really practical question. I love it. Um, I I think I would like to say that you can be a great mom and take care of yourself financially too. I think sometimes we think that the two are mutually exclusive and they're not. I think you can do both really well. And I want to give an example of that. Like a lot of times I meet moms and dads uh, together and they want to start a college savings plan for their kids, which is so great. Like I want you to give your kids a leg up. However, they are, they don't even really want to talk about their own financial plan. So this is an example of, you know, putting the kids at the forefront, which I want you to do, but I I don't want it to do you to do that at the price of ignoring your own financial future, because, you know, these are critical times when your kids are growing up that if you have kind of the end goal in mind, the whole entire way, you're, it's going to be so much easier for yourself. Once you hit, you know, your fifties and sixties, versus if you just focus the entire time on your kids. And then after they leave the nest, then suddenly think about yourself and how are you going to take care of yourself? Right. Which is a lot harder with less time 
on your side to do that. And, you know, this area is very Dave Ramsey focused um, because the headquarters is here and and, and Mm -hmm. I know people who work there. And he talks about very similar things, right? Like you don't start funding your college fund if your 401k is not or your retirement is not being funded because you can take the loans out for college. You cannot take a loan out for life, you know? And so Mm -hmm. um, I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying that you kind of have to really think about yourself. And then if you are where you're, where you need to be at, then you can start focusing on the kids. But I think it is so easy for parents Mm -hmm. to be like, oh, we got to, we don't want our kids to go in debt, which we don't want them to go into debt. But it's like, yeah, but you you have to think about, are you going to go into debt later in life, you know? And so it's easy to fall into that trap. Um, uh, Speaking of kind of like sacrifices and all that kind of stuff, what are some things that um, you feel strongly about in regards to not sacrificing financially that you do see moms um, doing? Yeah, I think we as moms, we're just, we have this mother bear instinct that we want to make sure that we're dedicating like our best to our family, um, which is really good. But of course, that is takes priority. But what I'm advocating here is to also incorporate taking care of yourself financially along the way, you and your husband. Um, and so what I don't want you to sacrifice is having that plan in mind as you are going through the journey of being a mom and raising your kids. Um, And so, you know, specifically what I don't want you to sacrifice financially is having an investment account. Like, what are you doing for retirement? Do you and your husband have a plan? What, you know, what's going on with it? And then, you know, a a secondary point is okay, well, if you have something, how much do you understand it? Are you totally relying on your husband to take care of that? Um, Do you understand what's going on? Do you agree with it? Um, You know, I want you guys to be pulling, you know, in the same direction. Um, I think that this is often a source of contention in a marriage, um, you know, just money in general. And so a lot of times, like it just doesn't get discussed because you want to avoid the conflict. But, you know, I think that there are ways of going about it and talking about it that can, you know, you can make great headway, be progressive about it without, um, you know, it causing a fight. Yeah. So in, in, regards to what you just said, though, so do you feel like women are making sacrifices in the sense that they don't want to kind of rock the boat so that they're not kind of getting into conversations with their husband and stuff like that? Is that where you feel like the sacrifice is coming? I think that it just depends on the marriage. I think that some of them, yes, that's definitely the issue. And then in other marriages, it the sacrifice is like, I am so flipping busy. I have no time to talk about or like come up with a financial plan. Like I'm just trying mm, to yeah. figure out how to get the mortgage paid every month. Yeah. Um. And so it's every family, you know, yeah. is color different, and sure. so there isn't um, like a one size fits all. But I just think that the, the common denominator is that moms are really self-sacrificing and they will put their spouse first, their kids first, and not think about what they need to do to make sure that they're taken care of. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So with that, what are some things that then you think 
women could do to take care of ourselves financially um, that you feel like women might not be doing as much as, you know, as they could one, either they don't know that they could be doing it or two, kind of like what you're saying, they're just like so busy or their heads in the sand and they're just kind of like, I can't even focus on this right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So yeah, let's talk about some practical things. Um, One, I think you, all of us moms should have a retirement account, investment account, bank account, something in your own name. Yes. You know, in marriage, everything you're, it's everything is shared, but there's some reason why I want you to have an account in your own name. And that is because because it's in your own name, if there ever was an emergency, you could dip into it. Like you have access to that. And I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is it gives you skin in the game. I hear so much from moms that we say things like, I'm not good with numbers and mm. like, I don't yep. understand it. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to deal with it because right. it's so confusing. And it almost is like, they don't want it to be too close to them out of fear that they'll mess it up. Oh, good and point. so, and so by having an account in your own name, regardless of what it is, of course, I have some thoughts about that, but it causes you to get familiar with um, kind of like the the actions of having an account, of um, learning the vocabulary. It becomes less scary. It becomes less foreign. You learn by experience, um, by having an account in your name. And you kind of have to go through some of those uh, um, actions of deciding how to handle the money. Like, are you going to just have it in a CD? Are you going to have it in a savings account? Are you going to invest it in the stock market? Like, what are you going to do with it? You have to make some decisions if it's in your own name. So it forces you to kind of get out of that in- state of inertia and mm. learn something. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And when you say accounts, because, um, you know, I'm sure there's some women out there thinking, okay, what does she mean by that? What What are you referring to? Like, just give us some examples of what that could look like. Sure. So say the part again that that you think maybe people are not understanding. Yeah, just like certain, um, like, uh, what, what kind of accounts can people have that you're referencing to that um, women may not be thinking, you know, that they really should kind of have oh. one in their name? Oh, sure. Um, I think that they just don't give it much thought. They just think, you know, what they have is, you know, what they're used to. And so that's good enough. But I want you to have a separate account that you, you're, you either put like a little lump sum in and just let it sit there or you're contributing to it like Mm -hmm. ongoing. It can be a savings account. It can be a checking account. It can be a brokerage account where you buy like stocks or Mm -hmm. index funds. Or like a Roth or something like that. Well, Or it can be a Roth IRA, a Mm -hmm. traditional IRA, something Mm -hmm. like that. It can be a 401k. It sort of depends. (laughs) Something, just something, yes. (laughs) Yeah, because I do think it can be overwhelming. And so I really wanted people to hear this, that you're just saying, get something going. Now, if someone was like, okay, but what is the easiest? You probably would say your savings account, but what do you feel like will provide the biggest, like, payout, right? Like, so the easiest might be to open a savings account or a checking account. But mm-hmm. what would you say if, if if a person could open up an account under her name, that wouldn't be mm-hmm. too difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she could put some money in it, what would what comes to your mind as this is the the one account that I would definitely say, try to get one in your name? 
Okay. So it's going to be an IRA. That's an individual mm. retirement account. Yep. If you qualify for it, a Roth is a really great one. Otherwise, depending on your, you know, your tax situation, a traditional IRA may be better for you. Um, but why I say that is because then you can start investing in, um, in mutual funds and stocks and index funds and, Einstein called this the eighth wonder of the world. Once you start investing things like that, you make your money work for you. And it takes a while. It takes a couple of years to like see this come to fruition, but it's so cool when it does like you're, um, you're getting so much bang for your buck by doing that. Yeah. Um, so for hands down an IRA. Okay. Okay, perfect. All right. So we have two more questions. Um, if someone was struggling with just creating a financial plan, what are some steps of starting that process? Okay. So there's a couple different simple things that you can do here. First, get on top of how much you're spending each month. Um, I, I say the term budget with trepidation because I think that a lot of moms like hate that word. <laughs> but um, if you can just understand how much money you have coming in and how much money is going out and like where you're spending it, that's going to empower you because you're going to be now aware of if you are spending less than you earn. This is the very most simple goal that you want to master is you want to spend less than you earn, which really means that you'll be saving some money. 46% of Americans lack a rainy day fund or in Tennessee, an emergency fund because everyone knows um, Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. um, yep. And we, we want to be one one of those people that has an emergency fund that is spending less than you earn. But that is so hard to do if you don't really understand your the flow of your money. So that's yeah. the first thing is you really need to understand what your budget is. And um, that can be so empowering if you and your partner um, sit down and really like tackle that. Um, another thing that you can do, I think, as moms is be like embrace the position of being the money manager of the family. I mean, let's face it, as moms, we really understand the day-to-day -day expenses of our family, I think better than our, our husbands do. Um, and so that empowers us or that enables us to make some good decisions about like um, how much you're spending where and do and moving things around a little bit so that ultimately you can get down to spending less than you earn. Um, and then for the financial plan, which is really what your question was, but I like kind of backing up and looking at like the bigger picture too. Sure. Um, more of a financial plan is figuring out if you're saving enough money. Um, you know, a good rule of thumb is 10 to 15%. It takes a while to like ratchet it up to that because most people are not saving that much. Um, but have that as your goal and try to ratchet it up each year so that you end up hitting that. Um, and talk, with a financial planner to see like, if you're not saving that much, how, how much do you need to increase it to get to where you want to go? Um, take a minute to review your investments with your husband or your partner, um, to make sure that you're invested appropriately, appropriately for your age and risk tolerance and your family goals. 
Um, find someone that you can trust if you need help with this. It's definitely something that you can do it yourself. DIY. Um, if one of you guys is, um, you know, more interested in this kind of like money planning world. Um, but even if that's not you, I still want you to not just turn a blind eye to it. I want you to at least know the basics of the plan. Yeah, I like that. And I mean, I do feel like it's very easy, especially if you don't feel like you're strong at it. And especially if your spouse is, it's very easy just to kind of hand that over and go, Mm -hmm. yep, you know, um, I'm not going to take care of that. Now, you were saying to try to save 10% of your income per year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb. I mean, this is it's hard to kind of like just lay a one size fits all rule on that because, you know, I might be older than you and have a lot more saved up or I might be younger than you and have more saved up. And so then my savings rate can be adjusted, but that's a definitely like a good benchmark to shoot after shoot at. Right now. And this is not talking about retirement. This is talking about 10% going into your savings. Is that correct? Well, start with putting that into your, your, um, like rainy day fund, emergency fund. And then when you have a little cushion built up there, then funnel it into your retirement. Yeah. So you kind of like Dave Ramsey, right? He talks about having the thousand dollars and then, you know, six months, you know, um, savings, which I think is challenging because, you know, if you're trying to get to the six months and then things keep breaking, it's really been hard to keep, and then to put the money towards, retirement. Like you could constantly keep, you know, going back and forth with that. And so I think that's where people get a little bit, you know, overwhelmed because they're just like, I okay, know. well, how, I mean, yeah, if we could all have like so much money, I always say that to my husband that I'm like, okay, yeah. If I just had money to fill all the buckets. <laughs> I know. You know, research is showing that, you know, I don't want to, you know, publicly disagree with Dave Ramsey because that yeah. sounds no, that's like, totally fine. yeah, go ahead. But, yeah. Um, Research is showing that even a more minimal rainy day fund is sufficient for like doing its per job. Yeah. And they're saying that like a thousand dollars is a good amount to have in emergency funds because, you know, that it doesn't feel like you're constantly refilling it. Um, It's more manageable psychologically. It's less of a hurdle. Yeah. Um, and it keeps you from putting the money on a credit card yeah. that because or that ends up being really hard to pay off. So it just shortens up that cycle a lot more. Sure. So I yeah. would say that a thousand dollars is a good goal. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I do think that helps. And sometimes, you know, yeah, it like becomes so big that people are like, who cares? I'm just going to like charge everything. Right. So like when you right. do break it down, um, it, it does make it a little bit more attainable and you feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I can actually do this. And so, yeah. um, I totally get it. And so Christina, we're almost at the end of the show. Um, I'm not really familiar with estate planning, so I would mm-hmm. love for you to talk to us about, um, estate planning. I know that you kind of mentioned like that, you know, there's a minimum amount of state planning a mom needs to um, mm-hmm. have or do, or I'm not even sure because again, like I said, I'm not even familiar with it. So how about you just kind of give us a little bit um, of an overview of that before we end the show? Okay. Awesome. The So estate planning is, 
I think a lot of times misunderstood by, um, and there's like a stigma that it's only for rich people, but really estate planning is just having a plan for all of your stuff in case something were to happen to you, which really all of us moms should be doing. Because again, we've been talking about the mama bear instinct. Like we want to have our ducks in a row so that if something were to happen to us, everything would be seamless and our, like our kids and our spouse would be, um, taken care of and they won't be left in like in a state of confusion. So at the minimum, you want to have a will. Um, this is something that you can easily do online. Of course, I think it's better to go up a step and find an attorney in your state. Um, it's state specific, um, that can have a legal will drawn up for you. Um, so that's the minimum that you want to have done. This might cost between $150 and $300. It's not that expensive if you have an attorney do it. Mm. I definitely recommend that. Um, and then another really, really easy thing that's so often overlooked by people is to have your beneficiaries updated on all of your accounts. This can be done on your bank accounts, on your 401ks, on your um, IRAs, on your brokerage accounts, like any sort of account that you have with money in it can have, or like a life insurance policy, any of those accounts can, you can put a beneficiary on there, uh, make sure that they're listed properly. Um, you can ask the company wherever it's asked at to help you if you need, if you have some questions on that, but that's such a basic estate planning tip that people just overlook. So um, I'm sorry. So do you feel like um, people are not updating it enough? Is that what you're, what you're suggesting? They're not updating it al enough. A lot of people don't even put anything in there. So mm. then what happens is it uh, defaults to your, like they call it your estate, which has to go through probate court, which is not fun. And it's avoidable if you just put the name in there. It's so easy. I see. Okay. So all right. So let me just think about this for a second. So what does estate planning really help you do? It's looking on to what would happen if something were to happen to you. You're making sure that everything is put together neatly so you're not leaving mm -hmm. your, your family in a crunch. So this kind of goes along with a will, right? Like it is, yeah, it involves a will. It's okay. talking about beneficiaries. It's talking about a trust. Not everybody needs a trust, but mm. like, for example, I have one because I have minor kids. Right. And so if something were to happen to me, I want to make sure that like, um, I have very explicit directions on sure. how they are, you know, how that should be handled. Yeah. Okay. So then if someone's going about trying to figure out the, a right kind of lawyer for this, how would you... Mm -hmm. What, how would you recommend going about that? Because, uh, excuse me, I could feel like that could be very daunting and being like, I don't even know where to go with this. And um, it does seem like you need some help with trying to figure this out. So so how would you go about finding um, someone with good credentials in your area? Yeah, you you need to have, you can't get really in a, I shouldn't say this, I don't know for sure, but like you need an attorney in your state. I don't know if like an online attorney attorney would work, but I would start by Googling, um, for your state, like, mm -hmm. um, estate planning attorney in Tennessee or your mm. city. Um, okay. and then look at the ratings, that sort of thing. You can ask for, um, referrals from people. Um, 
I would also ask upfront how much it costs for them to draft a will. Mm. Uh, that should be kind of a cut and dry price that they give you. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good because I just feel like people probably don't even know what to do or where to even start or why they even need it. So that is very helpful. So I'm glad that we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add to that before we end um, the show? No, I think it's just something that a lot of us moms don't want to talk about because Mm. um, it's sad to think about, but just do it once, get out of the way. And it actually does alleviate anxiety you didn't know you had by uh, just getting this taken care of. So do it once and then you can forget it. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You gave us a lot of good tips and practical tips too that we can kind of just start looking into and get the ball rolling. So thanks again for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.